Hi, my name is Michelle. And my name's Anisha, and we're the co-hosts at BBS Mindful Minutes. Welcome to part two of the two-part interview with Dr. Ibarra, a professional counseling psychologist and a psychology professor at UT Dallas. If you haven't listened to part one of the interview, we advise you to listen to that first before continuing with part two. During the previous episode, Dr. Ibarra helped us understand why we stressfully or anxiously respond to unpredictable situations. In this episode, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of how we can realistically manage our emotions. Disclaimer, it may be a little difficult to understand the audio at some points throughout the interview due to technical issues. Now, let's get into it. In that last response that you gave, you talked a little bit about students who, because this is all so new, um, might feel uncomfortable going into big crowds, you know, starting small. And I think that really naturally leads into this next question that we did want to ask, which is that, you know, as we are getting ready to go in person, um, the university has heavily encouraged students to get vaccinated and diligently follow CDC health guidelines. Um, but even as students are working and trying, hopefully, to make responsible health choices themselves, we still can't really control the actions of others around us. Um, and the guidelines that they choose or don't choose to follow. And so this general lack of control, I feel like it can be a source of discomfort or even anxiety for many students. What are some basic ways that we can feel in control in uncontrollable situations like this one? And what can we do to make ourselves feel a, bit, a little bit more at ease and a little bit more safe? Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's a really excellent question because part of anxiety is the aspect of it being, of things being out of our control. When we feel out of control, we tend to have stronger anxiety reactions. Like in traumatic situations, people who feel more out of control tend to experience worse symptoms afterwards. So that's absolutely related to kind of how we're feeling. And so this is an odd situation in which, you know, the wearing of the masks is all about me protecting you. It protects me a little bit, but I wear a mask because that protects you. and You have to wear a mask to protect me. In our very individualistic um, society, that tends to go against kind of what people's natural instincts are. So that makes it really difficult because I have to rely upon you to make me safer. Um, in any uncontrollable situation, the way we make ourselves feel better is to focus on the things that we can't control. So I can't control what you're doing, but I can control that I put on a mask. So it makes me feel just a little bit safer. I feel like I'm doing my bit. I can control maybe how close I come to you, how closely we um, sit. I can control whether I have gotten vaccinated or not. For the most, some people may not be able to have control over that because of medical conditions, but for the most part, people can control that. Um, I can control the kinds of things, you know, how often I wash my hands, for example, and, you know, other kinds of behaviors I engage in. So there's a lot of control we can have in those moments to lessen the risks. And so by trying to focus more on the things that we can control, it's like that serenity prayer, you know, AA, they say that, you know, giving me the wisdom to know the difference between the, the things we can't control and things we can't. That's the real key there is to focus on the things that we can't control. Because if I start thinking about all the people around me, who are refusing to acknowledge that the pandemic exists, right? And all of these different things. 
I'm going to start feeling not only anxious, but a little ragey, right? It's, um, and so that's not, that's not going to help anything. It's not going to change them. It's just going to create this anxiety and negative feeling in me. And one of the things I do want to say, so I teach large classes usually. So coming up in the fall, I have a class of 96 and a class of 130. So these are larger, they're not my largest usually classes, but I've just sent a poll to my students asking them how they feel and what their thoughts are. And out of my class of 130, I have about 95 responses. And of those 95 students, only about three said that they will not or probably will not wear a mask. Everybody else said that they're planning on wearing a mask, either definitely or probably. So that actually pleasantly surprised me. It made me feel really good about the comment community and um, have students are listening to science. And so maybe as students are thinking about coming back, maybe there's a lot more people who are thinking like them and are concerned about the same things. I have noticed that social effect where if one person doesn't wear a mask, maybe the other person is like, no, nah, I don't think I can wear a mask. And then it just keeps on going like yeah. cascades all the way down yeah. and then it ends up a whole crowd not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So maybe if one of us starts wearing a mask, I mean, if the whole classroom is wearing a mask, I bet no one would want to take it off because they're like, I think it, is there just like an effect? I don't know what the psycho psychological term is, but like if you're like the outsider, mm -hmm. you like, you feel So bad. there's a, you know, this homogeneity kind of effect and conformity, right? If we want to not stand out in a bad way. Um, and if, if I'm wearing a mask and nobody else is, that could make me feel very strange about doing that. And so I think it's about focusing in, trying to focus in on the role models that we have to try to make ourselves feel better. Uh, you know, I'm a professor, I'm gonna be up there talking, which makes mask wearing even harder. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's gonna take a little extra stamina to be able to do that, but I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe me wearing a mask will help other students feel okay if that's what they want to do. In fact, as a professor, I'm going to encourage actively uh, people that they do that because I think it's super important. I don't want people to feel uncomfortable being safe. Um, that's a very, that's a bad thing to be uncomfortable about. Um, it's taking care of others and taking care of yourself. Um, so yes, we have to be aware that those effects exist. But again, I think we've also gotten very used to being alone, so we feel like we're the only ones experiencing certain things over the last year and a half, and so we definitely not. There's a lot of people. Wow. Thank you for that response. Um, I think that was really encouraging to also hear that it does sound like a good amount of the students are also um, willing to wear a mask and you know sort of go by these health guidelines for themselves, and hopefully for, I know a part of that is also for others. Um, and I hope that encourages a lot of students out there who might also be feeling a little bit of anxiety or kind of scared about, you know, being the only person wearing mm -hmm. a mask in that class. Hopefully you won't. Um, and hopefully if a majority of the professors lead by example and some of the students, then mm -hmm. it'll sort of spread around the campus. Um, and so another thing that we do want to ask about, we've talked a bit about um, adaptive um, behaviors and just mm -hmm. adapting throughout, you know, the course of this podcast. And just within, you know, the past week before school, we've all sort of had to already start <laughs> adapting. By um, thinking about, you know, how we're going to do this. Yeah, you know, there's already been a couple of changes that have required adjustments. 
So um, what are some adaptive behaviors that we can develop to manage like, stress and anxiety during this time as we're going back to school, as things are changing around us? So one thing to think about is we're all about to start new routines in our life, right? Semester starts, we have new schedules, new things that we're doing, and we need to adjust our routine. So this is actually a really great time to be very thoughtful about what am I doing to take care of me? and make sure that we start putting those things into our routine as we're planning it. So thinking about what kinds of things make me feel relaxed, whether that's a walk in the park or going for a run or watching some bad reality TV, whatever that might be, you know, whatever, um, but making sure that we're making space for that. And if we could start doing that proactively at the beginning, it will become one of those, well, yeah, that's what I do on Tuesdays kind of things that we'll just get used to it and become a matter of fact. So thinking of stress management and anxiety management as a proactive, preventative kind of action, rather than waiting until things are so overwhelming that we can't manage. It's really hard to see your way out of something when you're overwhelmed by your current situation. So starting to implement strategies. So thinking, you know, basic things like taking deep breaths, uh, maybe trying yoga or exercise is really important. One of the things that students, and in fact, but you know, I've been a student, sleep habits start kind of going all over the place, right? Um, trying to maintain your sleep as well as possible because those are all those kinds of things, not only to help our stress anxiety, also keeping our body safe and healthy and able to fight off disease and so we want to make sure our body's functioning like it should. Um, making sure that we're listening to ourselves so if I start feeling tired or overwhelmed, allowing, giving myself the permission to take a break, those types of things. And really implementing those really at the start I think will set us up to have a good semester however the semester goes. And that's the other thing that's stressful right now, right? We don't know how the semester is gonna go and how it's gonna turn out. We control what we control. I can control if I exercise today or not. I might not be able to control everybody else around me, but I know I can't take care of myself. And one of the things that's unfortunate is people sometimes feel selfish, spending time taking care of themselves, that self-care to some people feel really selfish when we could be doing all these other things. But I always tell people, if you don't take care of yourself, then all those other things that you can't, you want to do and you might be able to do, you won't be able to. Because like your body and you are the instrument with which you do all that you want to do. So really making that a priority, I think will set everybody up for a good semester. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. Wow. We're just like, we just trying to adjust everything because we're like, we need this too. <laughs> well, trusting me too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to practice it, but I think as long as we just do our best, and as you said before, we, we give grace to ourselves and to other people, I think we'll be a lot more happier and a lot less stressed. Yeah, definitely. and I mean, I think also we have to be mindful and aware of what choices we're making. And like, we might have had a great exercise routine over the summer, but now things are changing and that, that might be the first thing to fall away because you're busy and you're stressed and lots to do. But we want to be mindful to make sure, like, I'm going to keep that in my routine. Might have to be at a different time or something like that, but because that's going to help me do all those things that I want to do. 
And, oh, I was going to ask actually about mindfulness. Because yeah. I think that's like the main core thing that we need to practice in mm-hmm. order to get to these to our goals. Um, and I believe that mindfulness is like a muscle. Like the more you practice mm-hmm. it, the more you'll be mindful. And, you know, it's like meditating. It's like Absolutely. I cannot even meditate for a minute without thinking about other things. So as long as we keep, <laughs> yeah, but I'm practicing. I mean, anyway, um, but it's, it is like a muscle to exercise. So do you have any tips for any of our listeners about, you know, how to practice mindfulness? What are the best ways to practice it? I mean, one of the easiest ways to practice mindfulness, and this might actually be helpful in those like big crowded situations and things like that if you start feeling overwhelmed, is to take a moment and no one even needs to know that you're doing it because it's all kind of on the inside is to think to yourself like, okay, I'm going to focus on what it feels like for my breath to go in and out of my body. And then I'm going to focus on kind of what the chair feels underneath me. And I'm going to really focus on those moments because what that also does is it gives us an escape, kind of an away time and the breathing is going to help us kind of relax. Or think about um, eating when we eat. A lot of times when people eat, they will eat in front of the TV, on the go, in the car, like between things, and we're like scarfing things down and we don't get to enjoy food as much. And this is also where overeating and bad eating habits are going to come into play. So when you're eating, like take a bite and just think about like, what does that feel like in my mouth? What does it taste like? What's the texture? Like try to engage all of your senses. It's a really easy, kind of invisible thing to try, but it's practicing that muscle. That when you do need to kind of step away, uh, when you do need to have that moment, you can. And actually, like mindful eating is one of the big recommendations for people who maybe don't have the healthiest eating habits. Um, It's really when we focus on how we're eating, we tend to eat better and we don't overeat. And we enjoy our food a whole lot more. Um, so, so some of those kind of basic strategies, put your phone away. That's the other thing, like putting a phone away um, and just being is so kind of relaxing and refreshing and releasing um, sometimes, but you'll see people out in nature on their phones yeah. and that kind of defeats the purpose. Like look at the trees, feel the wind on your face, um, feel the heat outside. <laughs> Uh, but still, those kind of taking those moments to, to step away from the world that's demanding our attention all the time. It's, it's fascinating how addicted we are to stress. It's like, like the constant uh, stimulation without mm-hmm. feeling like if we feel like we're just sitting down on a chair doing nothing, we're like, I'm wasting time. Yeah. But it's like you're you're not and wasting time. And part of that is a is a product, I think, of the modern world that is so computerized and is so immediate. Like phones and apps are specifically designed to make you not want to step away from it because the more you engage with a variety of things, they make more money. That's that's just like they know how we work and they prey on those weaknesses in us. When I see that little red thing, little red bubble pop up, I like I need to know what that message says. Like, right, I, I can't. I don't like to have the little red bubbles of how many emails I haven't read. Like, I just um, that's like giving into those forces. And so the message that we have gotten is relaxing, being still, 
thinking just being is somehow wasteful. But it's not. It's restorative. It's healthy. It's needed for a well-balanced life. Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful note to sort of conclude on because um, I feel like even in a, you know, quote-unquote normal year, maybe two years ago, college itself already moves very fast and it's very easy to get swept up in just the natural pace of the semester. Mm -hmm. And so even now in a semester where things might be looking a lot, well, they definitely are looking a lot different than what it was two years ago, and it might be looking a lot more different in a month than it will now. Um, it's even easier to get like caught up in the change and not think mindfully about your own habits, um, about the, what you want to prioritize, the things you want to do, and then even what you mentioned about taking time for yourself and sort of just sitting um, and reflecting inward still counts as like a thing to do. I feel like a lot of times people, you know, it's like, oh, you're doing nothing, but you are doing something still. That is something that is important and it's taking care of yourself. And I think that's just such a wonderful thing to keep in mind as we're all thinking of how to sort of, you know, look to the future and all the change that we kind of feel might be coming um, and how do we navigate that for when it does actually come. So thank you for that answer. Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you so much for joining us and answering our questions. You, you gave really insightful and realistic but very helpful answers and we couldn't have asked anyone for better answers. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure yes. talking to you all. Thank you for listening to Mindful Minutes. We hope you found this episode insightful with helpful tips as we are starting the school year. If you need someone to talk to, consult with the UT Dallas Counseling Center or any other professional to help you better your mental health. This episode is brought to you by the UT Dallas School of Behavioral and Brain Sciences. If you would like to stay updated on the latest episodes of Mindful Minutes, please feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll talk to you soon.